You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. We are broadcasting, recorded from the Vivid Seats studios. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. If anybody owns an electric guitar, um, I am available as a lead singer. I'm thinking Metallica cover, cover band. I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Antonio Brown. All right. Let's let's just go ahead and talk about it. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy that says I want somebody to get hurt, or I want an entire entire franchise to be in a building. You know, when 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 bad stuff happens to it, I'm not gonna say any of that because that's terrible stuff to say. I have basically no ill will toward Antonio Brown or the Patriots organization whatsoever. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. I don't want them to get a collective brain freeze. I don't want any of their dogs to have explosive diarrhea in their expensive houses. I don't want these things to happen to them. I hope exactly zero of them invest all of their millions in a Ponzi scheme and lose it all and live on a street corner eating mayonnaise. I hope these things never happen to anyone that's a patriot, and I especially hope it never happens to Antonio Brown. If I find out that anyone wearing that blue and silver and red mess has a massive tapeworm, I will weep for days on end. A big violent tapeworm that sucks up all their food and they can't even enjoy it and they lose all their mass. Except Tom Brady who doesn't have any anyways because he's on that massive estrogen promoting diet. I didn't make that up. I read it somewhere. And good for him, by the way. I love him. I think he's the best person I've ever known. I want nothing but I hope every great wide receiver goes to the Patriots forever. I hope Devontae goes and, and marries his daughter. Well, no, she's young. But you get what I'm saying, though. Maybe Devontae could marry Bill Belichick's daughter. Is Devontae married? I don't know. I don't think it matters because there's no rules anymore. The only rule is you shall serve the Patriots. And good. They deserve it. They deserve good things. Look at how much good things they've gotten. Clearly, they deserve all the rest of the things. I have got a sweet 32-inch TV in my living room. It is it is a beautiful thing, and I'm thinking about donating it to Bill Belichick. Maybe Robert Kraft needs a, you know, a closet television. I don't know. I'm not sure it's big enough, but it's it's the least I can do for that organization that has done so much for the world. And I can tell you right now, if the Pittsburgh Steelers 
play the Patriots and win, that would just be the worst thing that has ever happened. And if they win in a violent fashion in which many Patriot players get bumps and bruises for which they don't immediately recover, I would be very sad and disappointed. And I hope Tom Brady and Antonio Brown have a wonderful meeting where Antonio Brown can go there, Tom Brady can kiss him on the lips because that's what Tom Brady does, and, you know, maybe Antonio Brown can rub some egg whites on his body because he's a psychopath. All right? We're moving on now. Today, we're going to be talking about some other NFL teams. All the NFL teams. We'll eventually talk about the Patriots again because that's cool. But we got a lot of games coming up. I want to talk about some winners and losers and how that exactly impacts the, pa- the Packers. And if it doesn't, well, then it's just we're just going to talk about it anyways because I want to do some picks today. Because it's an exciting day, man. Today is, today is like the first football day. It's actually really cool that the Packers played on Thursday because that's too much to handle and have all these other football games and have to worry about fantasy football. I happen to have had zero Packers or Bears on my entire roster, so that was just completely fantasy-free, no big deal stress out, survive that game, Packers win, and now we just got football Sunday. Kick my feet up, root for the Vikings to lose and the Lions to lose and every NFC North or NFC team to lose and uh, just enjoy the day. And that fun day starts right now because we're going to talk about all these games. But before we get there, please remember, because it's kind of a last minute deal here, it's fantasy football season, folks. And as you know, this season there are more ways to win than ever because FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week, including this week. If you haven't played FanDuel before, great, because new users get $20 insight credit when you deposit $20. Bucks. It's a dollar-for-dollar match, if that makes sense to you. I just got done poking around at that. I gotta say I'm already a little flustered. I'm also making all kinds of crazy bets because it's week one and it's like oh man maybe tj hawkinson's gonna be awesome and darius geis you know it's gonna be his year and then you go back and look at it and it's like this is such a week one roster right here this is just ridiculous but let's get a little ridiculous you know what i mean i mean it is the arizona cardinals the the lions are playing the cardinals tj hawkinson should do pretty well if not there's also kenny galladay and they also got that running back maybe matt stafford's just the play this week I don't know. We'll talk about it. Sign up for FanDuel now and get $20 in total bonuses. Just make your first deposit of 20 bucks and get started, and you'll get an extra $5 inside credit every week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash DFS Fantasy or download the FanDuel app. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. So a little update on the whole Patreon situation. What I've decided to do, I sent an email to everybody that is uh, in Patreon donating $10 a month. Starting a Pack Daddy Premium Facebook group. It's a private group just for y'all. And I'm going to be uploading all my videos there. And I've got a brand new video already up. I sent you guys an email with a link to join that group. But the new video is up. And this time we're looking at the uh, the offensive scheme, which is a lot of fun. I have learned officially what the, the Matt LaFleur play is. They run what I call, because I don't know Madden very well. I'm just going to call it the crisscross. 
It's essentially a play action to one side as a tight end goes from one side of the field to the other. So essentially you have a tight end running in one direction, the running back running in another direction. The quarterback is doing like a big C where he runs toward the running back and then he loops back the other way toward the tight end. And it's just a matter of is he handing it off, is he going to throw it to the tight end, or is he going to do option three or four. That was legitimately at least 35% of the plays that they ran. That is the play that we're going to be seeing this year. And anyways, I uh, just kind of went back and looked at some of the, the, the more tricky plays. You know, I just skipped over the straight-up run, straight-up lineup and go. And, and I was actually shocked because when I remember watching that game, it's like, dude, this is just a Mike McCarthy offense. They're not doing anything crazy at all. And then I went back and watched it. I didn't skip very many plays. I would say more than half had some kind of emotion or, you know, even just things like a, a screen, play action, this, that, or the other. Somebody's going in a crazy direction. It's just... Almost the entire thing was was kind of schemey, and um, again, I just kind of went through and looked at it, and it, it actually gave me a lot of confidence in the Packers' offense because there were two major factors, which we kind of knew, but being able to actually see it and identify it and say, man, if you just tweak that a little bit, it changes so much. The first factor is the Chicago Bears' defense was on point. The discipline of that defense was crazy. It was stunning to see how many times we had somebody come across the field and we fake a jet sweep and the Bears never flinched. Like, they didn't even look at the guy. It was as if he didn't even go there. And then as we're going to hand off the ball to Aaron Jones, they're just like, yep, that's what we're doing, and they just shoot through the gap and tackle him. Very, very disciplined. Now, we, we caught him off guard a couple times, and it was fun to watch, and you can see that in the video. But uh, the other the other aspect of it was just they need more practice, right? There was some issues with timing and uh, guys not being on the same page and, and those kinds of things. And if you, if you correct for those two things, man, I, I really could see this offense – just ripping somebody's face off. You get a less disciplined, less talented defense, and you get the timing down, you get the rhythm of this offense going a little bit, you get a little bit better blocking and, and timing from the offensive line and whatnot. Could be pretty scary, man. I'm excited. But anyways, again, if you want to check that out, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you don't know what to do or how to do it and you want to get involved, get into the Facebook group, just send a message and I'll direct you in the right direction. But again, I'm not going to be putting any more videos, I don't think, on Patreon. I'm not getting rid of Patreon, I just, I'm not going to put those videos on there. All the videos are going to be in the Facebook group. So if you're in Patreon and you want to check them out, and I'm going to be doing some other stuff in the Facebook group, um, make sure you check your email or just reach out to me. All right, let's talk about some footballs. So the first game of the week is going to be Chiefs-Jaguars. Um, this does not super impact us. However, there, there's sort of a, a series of importance right so the most important is going to be the nfc north and primarily the teams that we know are probably going to be pretty good so the team that we're most interested in losing every single game is the chicago bears then the vikings then the lions after that it's nfc teams and particularly good nfc teams so you're looking at teams like the saints you're looking at teams like the rams after that is pretty much any other nfc team because we just want to be the top nfc team and after that is afc teams that Number one, we're playing, which is important, and maybe just other teams that we're playing you want to see lose, which we'll talk about all that stuff. And then as NFC teams or AFC teams that we're not playing, but are probably going to be a pretty good, you know, shot at, at being in the playoffs that we might see in the Super Bowl. You just don't want them to be super good. So the Chiefs, we are playing this year, I believe. Um, and the Patriots are, are probably the, the biggest one. You know, they're almost guaranteed a Super Bowl spot. So watching them fail would be ideal. 
you get the idea, right? That's essentially how I'm approaching this in terms of importance. So this game, not all that important as far as it's an NFC North division game or just an NFC anything game. However, if we're looking at the Packernet 2019 Packers schedule, which is the most beautiful Packers schedule anywhere on the planet, you should probably just bookmark it. The Packers play the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 8 in Kansas City. So this is not only do we want the Kansas City Chiefs to not be great, because the better they are, the less chance we have of winning a Super Bowl, but we also play them this year, and we don't want that to be a loss. So any and all damage that can be done to them as a team, I don't mean physical damage, I just mean in terms of, you know, how good they are. We want to see a decline there. Kansas City is currently uh, getting their minus three and a half. It seems like a no-brainer, but I don't know that it necessarily is. The Jaguars' defense is pretty for real and that's assuming they don't take a step back in the right direction they were already maybe the 10th best uh, team in the NFL or uh, 10th best defense but before that they were number one and there's there's reason I mean similar to the Vikings right they took a step back there's no reason to believe that they can't kind of revive what they had they've got a very very good defense and then on the flip side I know the Chiefs added a guy but they also lost I mean they had maybe the worst defense in the NFL it, it, it was it was real bad but they had according to PFF probably the best pass rush duo they got rid of both of those guys they added Frank Clark which is cool but they're switching scheme I, I just eh. the Jaguars offensive line is improved they've got a better quarterback Leonard Fournette is healthy and ready to start smashing people in the face I see this going one of two ways the Jaguars are able to slow the tempo and keep the Chiefs a little bit flustered and keep the score low and end up winning the game or at the very least, you know, be able to take care of that spread. Or the Chiefs can overcome the Jaguars' defense, and it's a blowout, in which case three and a half is a joke. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill is up against Jalen Ramsey. Sammy Watkins is up against A.J. Boye. Um, the, you know, the, the running back has got, my goodness, you got Ngakwe, you got Calais Campbell, you got Marcel Darius, you got Miles Jack at linebacker, you got um, Josh Allen is the new pass rusher off the edge. I mean, this is, that's scary, dude. Just just looking up at the line of scrimmage, even across the corners, A.J. Boye, D.J. Hayden, Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, Josh Allen, Jalen Ramsey. What in the world is that? So I'm not super confident in any of this. I'm going to take the Chiefs, but um, if you're feeling a little froggy, taking the Jacksonville Jaguars might not be the worst thing, especially in week one. And if you're buying the whole thing that defense is going to be something you can man see I always felt like the offense is going to have a little bit of an edge on the defense but after what we saw on Thursday if that carries over into this game and it becomes somewhat of a defensive battle the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to absolutely destroy the Chiefs I don't know though I I, you got to go with the Chiefs um so I'm I'm going to but I you know if you're doing for example the CBS pick'em pool and I hate to give my competition any any bit of a heads up I'm not taking the Chiefs for a lot of points if you think there's going to be a walk in the park I mean, go for it. Put them for 16, 15, 14. Um, I'm just going to throw them down pretty low. But I'll, I'll take the Chiefs, but not by a lot. Next game on the docket, which, you know, I'm just going in an order from Google. Falcons-Vikings, obviously a very, very consequential game. We really need the Falcons to win this game because we want to win the division and we need as many L's going to the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions as is humanly possible. Uh, similar line, the Vikings are minus 3.5. It's a real tough, tough call because... These are two teams that you're kind of just looking at going, I have no idea what to expect. 
right? The Vikings from two years ago or the Vikings from last year. The Falcons from two years ago or the Falcons from last year. The, the Falcons got a new offensive coordinator. The Vikings got a new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I think they're actually, if you look at what they were last year, they're relatively similar teams. Um, Falcons offense, I think, is a little bit better. Actually, the way the PFF has it, their offense and their defense was better. It's just it's just a tough call, and again, if it if it ends up becoming somewhat of a defensive thing, the 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 Vikings, even though they took a step back, this is the same group that has been with the same guy in the same scheme for a while, which maybe could work against them. But if we're just talking discipline and knowing your assignments and all that, the Vikings know what to do, man. They've been around a long time. I think the biggest thing for the Falcons is really going to be the the secondary kind of shutting this this passing attack down I'm, I'm not super buying into the cook thing I know he's I know he's a decent running back and I've, I've been saying that he's a decent running back I just don't trust the offensive line Falcons got Grady Jarrett the Falcons got Deion Jones at linebacker they, they've got a decent enough amount of firepower Takaris McKinley's been kicking inside quite a bit uh, you know Vic Beasley I guess isn't great but I don't know compared to the offensive line compared compared to Pat Elf line compared to Josh Klein I don't know. I mean, you know, is Elfline going to get better? Is is Brian O'Neill going to take a step at tackle? You know, is Riley Reef going to hang on? What is Garrett Bradbury going to be able to do? He's going to be a, a big question mark in terms of how good the offensive line and the run game can be. But, you know, it's similar to the Packers, this is a new run scheme for these guys. Similar for, you know, the Packers struggled with it, so there's reason to believe that the uh, the Vikings will as well. So again, it really just comes down to Thielen and Diggs and and uh, Don Beebe's kid in the in the slot there. But uh, there's some young talent. You got uh, Demonte Kazee in the, the the slot role. You got Isaiah Oliver who's in his second year, and then you got Desmond Trufant on the other side. Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen aren't terrible safeties. Unfortunately, the game is played in Minnesota. I, I think my my thought was to just give it to the home team. It is a tough environment to play in. It's a dome though. And I do know that Matt Ryan is, is a pretty solid dome guy. I remember looking at that last year that his his win percentages in a dome was, was I think actually that Drew, Drew Brees is the same. I mean, dome quarterbacks typically do well in a dome. So again, it's it's pretty much a toss-up in my mind. Um, I'll give it to the Falcons just because I want the, the Vikings to lose. I gave it to the Packers and they won, so I'm going to say the Falcons are going to win. But it's not going to be easy they got to be able to stop the run, which is what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to do exactly the same thing the Packers are doing. You establish the run. You know, that's sort of what everything plays off of. And then you got your wide receivers, which are talented wide receivers. But if the Falcons can be like the Bears, not obviously as good, but just play disciplined football and take the wide receivers away, try to get some kind of a pass rush against that offensive line, I think they got a shot. Plus, you know, on the, on the flip side, Julio Jones ain't a slouch. And I, I have stated many times that I do not respect the Vikings corners very much. Um, Calvin Ridley's going into his second year. He he absolutely blew up early in the season last year. Um, unbelievably talented guy. I think he was a first-round pick. Devontae Freeman had a down year last year, but he's a talented guy. And this is a good, this is a good offensive line. Uh, Muhammad Sanu in the slot. I mean, I don't know what happened to the offense, but if they can just kind of get back to what they were, it's going to be a slaughter. So I'll, I'll take the Falcons. Titans Browns is going to be fun. I don't know if I'm. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch that one, but that should be a fun one to keep an eye on if you get the opportunity. Um, I. I mean, you want to think it's going to be the Browns, right? If you want, you want to buy into that hype. You know, Odell Beckham and and Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Bradley Chubb, but it, it doesn't always work that way with the whole dream team thing. Odell Beckham's got a little bit of a kind of a goofy streak. David and has been kind of 
inconsistent. Baker's going into a second year. We've seen guys have good first years and not so much second years. And I think the biggest thing that's kind of going under the radar is that they've kind of abandoned, and not only abandoned, but gone backwards with this offensive line. Remember, to acquire Olivier Vernon, they gave away a very good right guard to the Giants, which is a big part of the reason why I'm thinking the Giants are maybe a little underrated. And although they might not be a very good team, they're not very far away, depending on if they have a quarterback or not, from being a good team. I mean, the defense is trash, but whatever. The offense could be lethal sooner than later, but we'll get to that. Um, you know, the, the left tackle of the Browns is not good at all. The new right guard, after giving away their right guard, Eric Cush, is not good at all. And their right tackle, um, Hubbard, is also not very good. This is not a good offensive line. And when you're going up against, you know, Cameron Wake, who, yes, he's actually still somewhat talented, and Jarrell Casey, who's a freak, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how much of a run game you're going to have. I don't know how the pass rush is going to be. I'm thinking the Tennessee Titans are going to try to do their best to absolutely assault Baker Mayfield in this game. The biggest problem, though, is going to be the fact that I don't know how the Titans' offense is going to be able to move Mariota with his third coordinator in as many years. Basically, a new offensive coordinator every year of his entire NFL career. His only real receiver is uh, Mr. Corey Davis, who is fairly decently talented, but whatever. And they've got, uh, you know, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, who uh, stepped up last year. What is that? I don't know. It's a toy. But the defense is for real. Again, Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon is pretty serious business. They got Sheldon Richardson on their team now, let us not forget. So I'll go ahead and buy the hype. You know, it's it's sort of the Browns are sort of like the Lions where you just, you know, you look at whatever you want on paper, but um, they just can't seem to ever get it done. But we'll see. We'll see what Baker Mayfield can do here. Um, I'll buy the hype for a week and we'll see how it goes. But I, that that's going to be the thing to keep an eye on. Watch the Browns offensive line versus the Titans defensive line to see if they can completely shut this down. And again, if this becomes a defensive battle because offenses aren't quite in their groove yet and defenses are a little bit more up to speed, um, the Titans could end up squeaking this one out. Jets-Bills is another game that we probably just do not need to care about whatsoever. However, somewhat interesting because you got two of those young quarterbacks, neither of which I'm a big fan of, but we can see how they're progressing. And of course, Mr. Le'Veon Bell. The problem is, and I hate to rain on the parade of all the Le'Veon Bell fantasy owners, is what I was told a long time ago back when I started fantasy football is to never take a wide receiver on a team that doesn't have a quarterback. That somewhat applies here because Le'Veon Bell is somewhat of a wide receiver and Darnold, Darnold is meh. But I think the more appropriate um, way to look at this is don't ever take a running back that doesn't have an offensive line. Le'Veon Bell is going from a phenomenal offensive line of the Steelers to a garbage offensive line of the Jets. And the fact that he is now the only weapon, because there's no Antonio Brown on this team, there's no Juju Smith-Schuster on this team, everybody's keying in on Bell. No matter where he lines up, he's the only weapon on this entire team. The offensive line isn't going to protect him. Darnold isn't going to get them the ball as well as Big Ben did. I just don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to do very much. I mean, he's going to find a way to do some stuff, but this is not going to be the Steelers' Le'Veon Bell. That is my assumption. And uh, especially against the, the Buffalo Bills, they got a, a, a good linebacking group. They got a good defensive front. Um, they've got some decent corners to be able to handle their garbage wide receivers. That's not necessarily an endorsement of the Buffalo Bills winning this game because it's the exact opposite when you flip it. A as far as who I'm picking, it's really a horse apiece, man. And I know the Jets are probably. Let me see if they're the favorites here. The Jets are the favorites. I'm gonna go with Buffalo. It's it's in well, New York is New York. The Jets are at home. The two biggest factors for me, though, I know they have Le'Veon Bell. I think Buffalo has uh, better corners. I think Buffalo's got a better offensive line. 
And that that's really that's all I got, man. I just it's 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 garbage across the board. The only other thing I can think of is that the Jets there's been a lot of teams that have gone through a lot of chaos in terms of, you know, drama and goofy stuff going on and the Jets are one of those teams. All right, they got the crazy bug-eyed coach. Uh, they had the whole situation where they brought in Le'Veon Bell, and then they brought in the coach, and then the coach went out and got himself a new GM or whatever, and then turns out he never really liked Le'Veon Bell, and they were maybe going to get rid of Le'Veon Bell. Then they paid just an insanely sickly amount of money for C.J. Mosley, which I think is massively overpaying, even though he is a good linebacker and he's going to help. But just, I don't know. I know they got great safeties, and Mosley's pretty good, and they got a decent enough front. They went out and got Quinnen Williams, who I'm sure is going to be dominant. I, I'm I, it's two defenses that are wildly better than the two offenses, so I don't know. It's a horse apiece. Pick whoever you want. I don't care. I'm taking Buffalo. Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins. Boy, oh boy. What? Okay. Apparently the computer's hot. Podcasting with children. I think the biggest thing I would try to do is to do my absolute best to uh, make an argument for the Miami Dolphins and see if there's even any way that I can possibly do it. So you would start with the fact that they got Fitz Magic now. And he did some magical stuff, especially early on. I think he went on with Tampa to beat the Saints in Week 1, which was pretty impressive. So there's that. Albert Wilson, the wide receiver, was pretty impressive. Devontae Parker is, you know, he's a guy. Unfortunately, we got Marlon Humphrey and, oh yeah, Earl Thomas on this team now. And the offensive line, which used to have a good offensive lineman on it, uh, who they, they shipped off. The defensive front for the Baltimore Ravens has been absolutely eviscerated, and I don't expect much from them this year. However, against this team, against recently um, promoted left tackle Julian Davenport, oh my goodness, it's going to be a bloodbath, folks. Now, the other interesting thing is I'm, I'm still, as much as I'm not buying into Lamar Jackson, I still want to watch the guy play because he's still a pretty exciting, potentially exciting guy. Beyond that, now they got Justice Hill. They got Hollywood Brown, tight end Mike, Mike Andrews. I don't know. Now, if he can't get it going, though, and these wide receivers aren't super great, and Justice Hill we don't know anything about, and Andrews hasn't been able to do anything, and they do have Ronnie Stanley and Marshall Yonda, who's still actually a very good offensive line, but outside of that, not a whole lot going on. At the very least, the the Miami Dolphins got Christian Wilkins, who they drafted. They still got Minka Fitzpatrick. Raquan McMillan and Jerome Baker aren't terrible. This might end up being another 3-10. There's going to be a lot of 3-10 games in this this week. But at the end of the day, I think Lamar's got a, a strong enough arm, and of course what he can do with his legs is incredibly impressive. And they've got a veteran coach who I think, I don't know that I would have paid him all that money, but he's, he knows what's going on, and Miami's just mass chaos, and if anything, they're just tanking. So I, I don't expect, I, I think Baltimore definitely wants this a lot more than Miami does, so they're going to win it, and probably pretty handily. Next up, Redskins-Eagles. This one actually does have some sort of implication for us because they're two NFC teams, and especially the Eagles have a shot at being one of the top NFC teams in the, in the NFL. Beyond that, we are playing the NFC East this year, so we got to face all these folks. we got the Redskins in Week 14. We've got the Giants in Week 13. We have got the Cowboys in Week 5 and the Eagles in Week 4. This is going to be a similar situation to before where it seems pretty cut and dry. This is going to be an Eagles victory. So primarily what I'm looking for is some some weaknesses for Philadelphia. Um, and to be honest, the defense is going to be the biggest part of it and also the offensive aptitude. I don't know that they have, you know, if Carson Wentz is the, exactly a top five quarterback, I don't think they have the most elite wide receiver group, although they're competent. I would compare it to sort of like the Chicago Bears. I like Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar is competent in the slot. Deshaun Jackson is scary on the outside. 
in terms of being able to, to, you know, break one once in a while. And Zach Ertz is still relatively talented. I don't know that they have the best running backs in the world. I think Jordan Howard is, he fits. It's perfect because he's, he's competent, but, you know, whatever. But outside of that, I mean, it's just it's just a team that's good across the board. They have good tight ends. They have good wide receivers. They have a good quarterback. They have good enough running backs. They have a very good offensive line. They've got a good defensive line. Uh, corners, not maybe so great, but potentially decent. Decent enough uh, linebackers, one of which I think was a redskin, uh, Zach Brown. And pretty good safeties. So th- this is sort of about putting stuff on film as far as how to beat the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who we have coming up relatively quickly here. And I really think facing them is going to be similar to facing the Bears, just with a much more competent quarterback, which isn't great, but they also don't have quite as good of a defensive line. If we can block them up a little bit better and, and be able to run a little bit better, um, that'll really help us out. But we, we, we essentially, as I'm looking at this, well, I mean, we, we've got to be on point almost instantly, but you know, by week four at the very least, we, we've got to be better with this scheme because the offense we know of the Eagles is going to be much better. The Broncos' offense, meh. Vikings offense is probably going to be pretty good, but I don't know about their defense either. That'll be a big question mark as we see the Vikings game today. Fortunately, these next three weeks are going to be at home, which is also going to be able to help. So, I mean, I would say that it's a big game insofar as I want Washington to do a really, really good job because what that means is Washington has figured out a way to beat the Eagles. Even if they lose, if they have success passing, if they have success getting to the quarterback, if they have success in any facet of the game, that is now a blueprint. And so in that way, it becomes somewhat important. That said, however, you know, pending their brand spank, I don't, I don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. Is it? Is it going? I think it's going to be Keenum. I don't know. Keenum, Vernon Davis, Darius Geis, it's not impossible. They don't really have great wide receivers, but, you know, we, we've seen Keenum do some magic. It's not the worst offensive line. On the flip side, you know, they, they got Montez Sweat. We'll see what he can do. Ryan Kerrigan's pretty decent off the edge. And then you got, of course, the the... Alabama crew, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and uh, Matt Ioannidis. I don't know if he was Alabama, but still, that's primarily what they like. The big boys up front. They went out and got Landon Collins, who I said was probably a little overrated, but he's still a good safety. He was just overrated compared to the hype. Josh Norman, same situation. He's not a bad corner, but he's a little bit overhyped. He can handle a guy like Nelson Aguilar or Alshon Jeffrey. It's not impossible, um, at least at the very least, to, to get some good film, but I am going to say that Philadelphia ends up winning this game fairly easily then the last one before we take our break is going to be rams and panthers i think i i tend to underestimate the the panthers and i think i i I maybe overestimate the rams who are probably at some point whether it's this year or not i don't know but at some point probably headed for a rapid decline vegas obviously has this very close they've got the rams uh taking this but not by much carolina is plus one and a half the biggest thing I just can't get past is I just don't respect the Panthers' offense, and I know it's pretty decent, but they don't have very good wide receivers. Now, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are relatively young, but I just don't expect very much, and I don't think Cam Newton's going to do him a whole lot of favors because I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. He's a great runner, but as a thrower, he's mediocre. Christian McCaffrey is very, very good as a receiver and as a running back, and I really don't care for the Rams' defense all that much. Although I would really like to see Taylor Rapp because he was my guy. And they got Tlaib and they got Peters and obviously Aaron Donald. But Clay Matthews and Dante Fowler, not good. Weddle and Littleton at, at linebacker is not good. Brockers next to Dan- Donald is not good. And uh, Nikel Roby Coleman is, I don't know, he's not bad, I guess. I just think that the Rams' corners are more than capable of stopping the, the wide receivers. 
Aaron Donald obviously is going to wreak havoc on the offensive line. The safeties, I think, are going to be really talented. Taylor Rapp has never missed a tackle in his entire life and never will. Christian McCaffrey can only do so much is sort of my assessment. And then when you flip it the other way... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, I I don't know exactly what's going on with the running back situation in in Los Angeles with Gurley and his health situation, but Woods, Cup, and Cooks, um, and Everett at tight end, uh, maybe the best tackle duo in the NFL. Obviously, the Packers are up there, the Chiefs are up there, the Saints are up there, but the Rams are another group that just have a great left tackle, great right tackle. So I just I just don't see the Rams losing the game. It's not impossible. I just I don't really see it. I think the Panthers' front has been decimated. I know Brian Burns has been pretty impressive. Whatever. I don't think he's going to do very much against this this offensive line, and I don't think the the corners are very good. So you know maybe the the Rams can't run the ball all that well because Luke Keekley and whatever. I just I don't care. They're going to throw the ball all over Carolina, and I don't see Carolina doing much. So that's that's my thought on it. But again, the the Rams may begin their descent, and Carolina has got some talent, so anything can happen. But I'm going Rams. But anyways, take a quick break, and then we'll we'll wrap up the last couple games here. Colts Chargers. Um, this would have been a tough contest had Andrew Luck not retired. I don't necessarily see the Colts doing much against the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a very good team. They tend to self-destruct at really inopportune times. The Colts defense really proved to take a massive step, and that should be uh, not really be underestimated. But at the end of the day, Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. Hunter Henry is an unbelievably good tight end. Austin Eckler is a talented running back. Um, Keenan Allen is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Mike Williams quietly made maybe one of the best leaps. I mean, he's a first-round draft pick who had a bad rookie year. Everybody wrote him off. He had a fantastic second year. So I don't know exactly about this offensive line and how that's going to work out. Um, and they, they did add Justin Houston, who has been a pretty talented guy off the edge, although he went to a 4-3 team. It is a 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't know how that's going to work. But um, I'm, I'm fairly confident in giving this one to the uh, L.A. Chargers. You just look at Bosa and Ingram and now Tillery. Uh, King is one of the best slot corners. You got uh, Casey Hayward on the outside. Um, it's just, you know, the Nasir Adderley they just added to this team. With Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton and Funchess and Mack, it's just, I don't know. I think the Chargers are the, Chargers are the better team. I think they're going to come out ahead. I'm, I'll put it that way. Bengals Seahawks, man, oh man, I wanted so badly. See, I, I've got two narratives that I want to perpetuate. Number one, the Seahawks are in a decline. Number two, the Bengals are going to surprise people. Here's the problem: the Seahawks just added a really talented guy on defense, and that is going to help them massively. And they may actually be a good team again this year. Number two, the Bengals, who I wanted to say are going to surprise people because they have a surprisingly good running back that a lot of people aren't talking about, even though he's a garbage human being. He's still a very good running back. Um, they've got a wide receiver that nobody's talking about in Tyler Boyd that is extremely talented. And they're also switching. They've got a new head coach who comes from the Rams. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be a good head coach, but you've got another team that's got that stale old offense that has now got all this talent that has been held back by an old stale scheme that is now going to be running the Rams offense. However, 
Their entire offensive line, which is already trash, just went down with injury. Their first-round draft pick, who was an offensive lineman, got injured. A.J. Green got injured. They, they have nothing left. They've got a talented running back sitting behind a garbage offensive line and one wide receiver going up against the Seahawks defense. Sorry, but not today. Maybe next year the Seahawks will decline and the Bengals will surprise people. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't think it's definitely going to. I definitely don't think it's going to happen today, especially in Seattle. Just it's just no. Week one, no. Bengals learning a new no. It's this is going to be a slaughter. That's what this is going to be. The, the Seattle Seahawks are going to annihilate the Bengals. That's my that's my final assessment on that. Giants Cowboys again. These are teams we're going to have to go up against. Um, another kind of narrative buster. I I kind of. I talk a lot about how the Cowboys are not as a team overrated, but I think their quarterback is slightly overrated. I think Ezekiel Elliott is slightly overrated. I think Amari Cooper is slightly overrated. But you put all these pieces together, I think the Cowboys are a very, very good team. And I talk about the Giants maybe being underrated. But again, even that has several caveats. Um, Who the quarterback is, which right now is Eli Manning, isn't great. And their defense is terrible. However, they have a very good offensive line. Their left tackle is Nate Solder. Will Hernandez is their left guard. Kevin Zeitler, they went and got from the Browns, is a very good right guard. Mike Remmers is a decent enough right tackle. Evan Ingram is a very talented tight end. Saquon Barkley is arguably the best running back in the NFL, behind a pretty talented offensive line. If the other quarterback decides to come in and play pretty well, maybe there's something here. Now again, in terms of the narrative being busted, every single one of their wide receivers is either hurt or suspended or something's going on with that. They decided to start Eli, so that's a nightmare. And again, their, their defense is just not very good. They gave away Olivier Vernon, who was their only decent pass rusher. Their linebackers are terrible, especially now that they lost one to the Packers. Well, technically they were about to cut him, but they traded him, whatever. It's just not a good team. And Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and this fantastic offensive line and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb and probably not Jason Witten, but he's there. These guys are going to steamroll this Jets, this Giants defense, and they're going to be... I, I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those games that is so impressive and so efficient that this is going to be a... I mean, if there's going to be a blowout, it's going to be this one. Because not only that, as much as I'm impressed by the Giants in certain areas, like the offensive line is somewhat impressed, although not as good as the Cowboys, and Barkley is really good, the, the Dallas Cowboys defense is solid. They have, as I've said, probably the best linebacker duo in the NFL... Demarcus Lawrence is one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. We got to see what the DBs are going to do, but I think compared to the Giants' wide receivers, they'll be fine. I just think this is going to be a stifling team, and the one thing that the 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 Giants are going to try to do and hopefully can do successfully is run the ball. But it's not going to be easy. It's really not going to be that easy. And if if the the Dallas Cowboys are able to shut down Saquon Barkley, it's it's game over. If they can't, it's a game. But if they can, it's game over. But either way, I think Dallas is just going to steamroll this this Giants defense. And again, we, we need the Giants to show us something. Give us a little something because we got to get these guys, uh, we got to get some film on the Dallas Cowboys because it's not going to be an easy team to beat when we go up against them. 49ers Buccaneers is interesting because you got some people that are big time Buccaneers fans now because Bruce Arians went over there and always oh, going to fix the quarterback and they got all these weapons and all this stuff. And you got other people that are very pro 49ers because it's like, oh man, Mike or Kyle Shanahan is so good and use check and. Garrett Selleck, and, you know, obviously we're still of the mind that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is elite. In my opinion, I'm not a fan of either of these teams. I don't think we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do much. I don't think the 49ers have uh, good wide receivers at all. They do have a pretty good tight end and fullback combination and a decent enough offensive line. Tampa's the same situation. I don't think Bruce Arians is a miracle worker. 
Jameis Winston, I think, is well below average. The offensive line is not good. However, O.J. Howard and Mike Evans are phenomenal. But I think at the end of the day, I think the 49ers are a little bit more of a stable kind of franchise. They've got um, D. Ford and Nick Bosa. They went out and paid a bunch of money for their new linebacker, Raekwon Alexander. Sorry, Quan Alexander. Maybe his whole name is Raekwon. I don't know. And I think they're going to have some success running the ball against this defense. Uh, they do have Ndamukong Sue and uh, Shaquille Barrett and Vita Vea, but I, I still think the offensive line, they're going to be able to get this, this offensive run game going. I think the fullback is a really big weapon, and again, the tight end, and all that utilization. I just think they're going to be a few steps ahead of this team who has a new head coach. I think it's going to be close. I don't think either of these teams are, are really all that great. We'll see. The 49ers have some potential, but um, I'm going to give it to the 49ers by a little bit. I don't really know, though, who's going to end up winning. Somebody else that's interesting to watch is Mr. Devin White, the linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Either way, though, I don't think either of these teams are going to be challenging anything for the uh, the NFC. Next up is Lions-Cardinals. I, I want so badly for the Cardinals to win. I, just, I don't buy anything about that team. I don't buy into their quarterback. I don't buy into this head coach. The only real thing that I can think is that he's going to come in hot with all this crazy new offensive scheme stuff and catch the Lions off guard. I just don't think that's going to happen. When you listen to people talk, it's like, First of all, there's nothing all that innovative about Texas Tech's offense. Individually, these are all things that NFL head coaches have seen. These are also things that have been seen in the NFL and don't work successfully. Second of all, Texas Tech wasn't even a good team. Even in college, it wasn't very good. Pretty sure the guy got fired. So I, I just I don't understand it. I think the Cardinals were dumb for hiring the guy. I think the Cardinals were dumb for changing who their quarterback is and trying to do this whole new scheme. I don't think it's ever going to work. Maybe, again, it could be a week one deal, but I just I think the Lions are just going to smoke the Cardinals, to be completely honest. I hope they don't. I hope the Cardinals come out, and this is some new, crazy, innovative-looking offense. I hope Kyler Murray throws for 300 yards and runs for 150. You know, Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, and, and they you know somehow get David Johnson involved, even though they literally do not. If you drafted David Johnson, by the way, you better hope that he lines up as a wide receiver because this offense is basically five wide all day, every day. They do not run the ball. I don't know if you knew that or not, but at least as far as the offensive scheme that he ran at Texas Tech, running the ball is just not a part of the offense. But I, you know, I, I, as I've said, I'm somewhat of a believer in, in Detroit. I don't know that they're not the fourth best team in the NFC North, but I think the NFC North is tough, and I, I think this is a hardened team, man. I'm going to have a little bit of an NFC North pride moment here. I don't think the, the Cardinals can hang with anybody in the NFC North. You look at Trey Flowers, and again, I think this is one of the best defensive fronts. It, 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 not necessarily in terms of pass rushing, but Mike Daniels is going to wreak some havoc. Trey Flowers is going to wreak some havoc. And if, if they wanted to run the ball, they're not going to be able to. That's maybe the one benefit of this is this offensive defensive line is built to stop the run, and they're not just going to run the ball at all. But even so, Darius Slay, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is, is getting up in age, and they went out and got Justin Coleman in the slot. So I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to handle it, but it's going to be pretty advantageous. I think the Lions are going to be okay there. Uh, Darius Slay and Christian Kirk, if that is the alignment, I think is going to be just fine. Uh, Crabtree is getting up in age. I think the defensive line is just going to absolutely wreak havoc, and it's just going to be a question of is Kyler, you know, that's the problem. Kyler Murray's going to have to figure out what to do. Is he going to try to stay in the pocket and throw, or is he going to scramble? And I just think this this defense is going to tear him up if all he's going to do is stand there for a second, instant pressure, and try to run. And that'll be a real good opportunity to see what Jelani Tavai is going to be able to do and his ability to cover and also to spy on Kyler Murray and make sure he doesn't go and run. And I think he's going to handle that pretty well. As much as I'm not a necessarily a believer that it was a great pick in the second round, Jelani Tavai being a mobile 
quick sideline to sideline running back, I think is just going to handle his business against Kyler Murray and whoever else comes out of the backfield. And then on the flip side is the real problem for this team. Um, I don't see them having a real good opportunity to stop the run against Mr. Carrion Johnson. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to be a great, you know, they don't have the linebackers to stop it. It's just going to be mass confusion. Kenny Galladay is a, too good of a wide receiver to be stopped by anyone. Uh, and then they got Amendola and, and uh, Marvin Jones to add a little icing on top of this. I just, I don't see any way that Detroit doesn't just annihilate the Arizona Cardinals. Again, it, it, the only way that that doesn't happen is if if Arizona's offense really just blows just blows everybody away, which again could happen because it's week one. Nobody's really seen it, so we'll see what happens, and um, it'll be fun to watch. I want to go back and watch it, but I don't know. Just don't super buy it. Next up, Steelers Patriots, which I'm going to have an opportunity to watch for a little while until I go to bed frustrated. I'll tell you what, I'm going to keep it simple. I think the Steelers win this game. Patriots typically struggle struggle out of the gate. Yeah, they got Demarius Thomas, a guy that's retired like seven times and just has been declining for four years now. They got Josh Gordon, who's pretty decent, but, yeah, I mean, come on now. I, I really think Edelman's still going to be the number one target on the offense. And I think Devin Bush is going to have a, a, a heck of a day because he's going to really help this defensive front to, to make sure that they're not able to run the ball very well. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball with Connor. I think Roethlisberger's got Juju, and I think James Washington hopefully takes a step. I don't know if any of this is true. I don't really care, but I think the Steelers are going to win, and I'm going to be happy about it. Uh, Texans, Saints. Obviously, we're going to be rooting for the Texans in this one. A um, lot of hype about the Texans, but I'm not necessarily buying a whole lot of it. I just I need to see a better offensive line. I mean, a team without an offensive line and a team that can't run the ball is only so good, and I, I just, you know, I'm a believer in their quarterback. I like Deshaun Watson, but he's going to be the next Andrew Luck if they don't fix this offensive line. Uh, right now, it's just it's Watkins under pressure, trying to get the ball to Hopkins. That's the entire thing, and this is an improved defense. They've got, you know, Marshawn Lattimore's a great corner. They've got, you know, um, Cam Jordan, who's an unbelievable defensive end with uh, with Davenport, and then you've got a a defense that is comprised of a constantly banged up banged up JJ Watt, uh, Whitney Merciless, who I don't think has been a good football player in about three years, and they gave away a a one of the better you know, outside linebackers in the game. And they didn't give him away, but he's gone. I just I think the Saints trounce Houston. I just I don't I don't know. Again, I know a lot of people really like Houston and they're picking them to win the division, which is possible and, and you know, make a run in the playoffs. I just they're a talented team that just is going in the wrong direction. Although, again, Saints lost to Tampa last week one last year or so. And then Broncos Raiders, um not a lot of love for the Broncos. I actually don't mind the Broncos too much. I think the Broncos are 2-0 and to start the season because I think they're going to beat the Bears next week. But, I mean, th- this is, again, the, the Denver Broncos defense at the at the core right now is Von Miller, who is every bit as good as Khalil Mack, and nobody wants to give him that level of credit. He is unbelievable. Literally been an elite pass rusher every year, including his rookie year. And on the opposite side, they have Bradley Chubb, who had like 12 sacks last year. They added Draymond Jones in the draft. They added Chicago's Bryce Callahan in the slot, who's going up against Hunter Renfro, who is maybe now the number one wide receiver for the Carolina, for the um, Oakland Raiders. They've got good linebackers. They've got good corners. They've got a good defensive line and pretty talented safeties, and they just got maybe the best, one of the best defensive coordinators in the game as their head coach. What exactly are the Oakland Raiders going to do about that? 
Derek Carr with his garbage offensive line, which I know they're super proud of because they got Trent Brown they paid a billion dollars to who's a mediocre tackle, and they got Colton Miller who's, for some dumb reason, the guy that they paid a ton of money to is going to be a right tackle, and, and Colton Miller who is a terrible draft pick and is a garbage football player is now their left tackle. And Jordan Devy is their left guard who I've never heard of in his trash. Denzel Good is a right guard and he's no good. These guys are going to get annihilated by the defensive front of the Denver Broncos. You realize that, right? I mean, every, again, everyone's making fun of Denver. This is this is a, an elite defensive line. And they've got very again, Chris Harris and Bryce Callahan, that's that's solid. This is this is game over. Oakland is is going to get annihilated. Well, then you say, "Well, what are they going to do on offense?" Joe Flacco is talented enough to at least move the ball. He's not Eli Manning bad. This is a a mediocre, maybe a slightly below mediocre quarterback. But he's better than a lot of other starting quarterbacks that we give some credit to. That and Emmanuel Sanders is is still a good wide receiver. He has never not been a good wide receiver. He's He's been out of the game on occasion for injuries and whatnot, but he's still very good, and he's going to go up against whoever it is that's going to be playing for the Raiders, and he's going to have success. They also have Cortland Sutton going into his second year. you got Deshaun Hamilton going into his second year, and their running back is Phillip Lindsay, who was unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, they drafted Noah Fant. So, yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. And, I again, I think they're going to beat the uh, the Bears next week because, as was aptly pointed out on the Bear Report, which is the Bears podcast for Overtime Media, as they pointed out, if Adrian Amos is able to sit back there and call out what plays are coming, what is Vic Fangio going to be able to do? Denver's going to start the season 2-0. and That's what's going to happen. So, anyways, that's all I got. I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Sunday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.